Welcome back to the Refuge Podcast. I'm so thankful that you decided to join us today as we continually talk about how we can be disciple-making followers of Jesus. Let's get to the conversation. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Refuge Podcast. We hope that wherever you are, whatever you're doing today, you're having a great day. Happy Monday if you're listening on a Monday. Our podcast release new every Monday, so be sure to check in or put a reminder. Uh, I get a little notification that pops up that says new episode, Refuge Podcast. So you can do that. It's pretty cool. Uh, be sure to share it on social media, too. That helps us get some more uh, people out there listening. But uh, I'm here with my friend, Josiah. And as the you guys? So today, Josiah, we're going to talk. We're going to continue through talking about Jesus and right. kind of the next thing up for what's happening with him. Last week, we talked about um, Jesus and how he got baptized. And there were uh, you know, a few things that were said there that I think were awesome and some cool takeaways and some things that maybe I hadn't thought through. And just when you're talking about it, you tend to, to think about things. And really the takeaway for me last week was you saying that Jesus is buoyant <laughs> um, and you know, some oh, people, you left that in. You didn't cut that. Oh, oh. it's in there. Yeah, it's in there. And I got a good laugh out of it, listening back to it, editing and stuff. Um, but it, 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 you know, we're going to say a lot of things. And if if you know me out there, people listening, Josiah, you know me. I tend to uh, teeter the line of like what what is inappropriate and what's appropriate. And Gosh. I think that if you learn how to balance the line well, then you can, you know, keep the attention of a wider variety of audiences out there. Uh, and so okay, saying, that's dangerous. saying it is, it's, well, it just keeps life interesting, but saying that Jesus is buoyant. If you didn't listen to last week's podcast, you need to go back. I'm not going to tell you why we're saying that because it's a teaser. You have to go back and listen, uh, to last week's, but, uh, yeah, we we had some fun with the story of Jesus being baptized. Why he was baptized? Did he, you know, when he went in the water, did you know what happened? Like, did he float? Did he start running around celebrating? <laughs> uh, we know that the heavens celebrated, so they were like trumpets and angels and all that. So, anyway, excited to move on with this story. And where are we? What are we talking about this week? Today we're uh, so we're talking about the temptation of Jesus, and so he 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 goes from being baptized here, and now it it tells us that the Spirit leads him into the wilderness, where then he goes into this time of fasting and prayer and time with God, um, and then eventually Satan comes and, and tempts him in in different ways. So we're going to talk about that today, and how Jesus responded, and okay, what does that mean for us, you know, as disciple makers? Yeah, what um. Joe, have you ever fasted? Have you ever, I mean, I have, you can talk about it after you've done it. You can't talk about fasting while you're doing it. Cause that defeats. Yeah. I learned that. I actually yeah. learned that the last time I fasted because right. I think I told some, I think I told one of my buddies that I was fasting. And was the like, spirit left you it? right when you said that. No, it, <laughs> I have fasted. It was last year. Um, was actually the first time that I did it, that the church that I went to in Nashville, they did a month long prayer and fasting through uh -huh. February. They're actually doing it again right now. Um, but it, it was last year that I did it. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Doesn't it make you feel so kind of pathetic? Like, 
today I'm going to fast lunch, you know, and then you get to like three yeah. o'clock in the afternoon and you're like, I'm starving, <laughs> you know, I need some food. My hardest thing is I decided to cut out coffee too, because that's just such a, I drink so much coffee, at least two or three cups a day. And cutting that out was almost harder than food because I immediately got headaches and like <laughs> desired it. Like it was hard. Um, you realize how reliant you are on that caffeine. You're exactly. like, oh, I'm being mean to people and I need, <laughs> I need Dunkin' Donut. We don't support Starbucks on here. We support Dunkin' Donut more so than anything. We really support Refuge Coffee Co. Let's be serious. Uh, okay. So I was really asking that because you see in the beginning of the, the story that Jesus, it's like this casual, let me just slip in the fact that Jesus had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, comma, he was hungry. It's like, yeah, no joke. Right. I mean, we said last week, he's human, okay? So we have human, fully human Jesus. He's not uh, He's not like self-sustained, and when he does eat, it just like goes through him like Casper the ghost. He's human. He needs nutrition. He needs like supplements, vitamins. He needs those things. He's walking a lot, as they did Bible times. So they're burning the whole like 10,000 steps in a day. I would love to put an Apple watch on those jokers back then and be no like, kidding. That's a good how, point. Many, wow. how many steps are they getting in a day? I mean, it's gotta be, let's do oh, through let's, the roof. Let's do over under, uh, over <laughs> under everybody. Eh, 50,000 steps in a day. Oh it's gosh. Weird. I don't know. I think I'm taking the under, but maybe I have no ooh, comprehension. Ooh, I like that. Like I like that. It makes you think. Uh, anyway, so they're walking a lot. I mean, you know, so he's, he needs the nutrition. Well, he says here he's fasted for 40 days, 40 nights. Now, I've got my money on the fact that Jesus is strong and he can, you know, he can power through and do this thing. So I'm not saying, oh, no, he's weak. It just says he was hungry. And I like the fact that it doesn't say he was weak um, anyway. But yeah. Yeah, so we see it kind of, Scripture kind of breaks it down, especially in Matthew. Uh, Matthew 4 is where we are. You may have already said that, but it breaks it down in kind of three chunks. And so the the first one, uh, seeing as, you know, he's hungry, he's there, the tempter came, which, you know, we see as Satan is the devil. And he said to him, if you're the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. He, he immediately hits. Okay, so yeah. I'm just going to say in my first takeaway already, the first jab. So your coach, Josiah, your first strategic move right out of the gate, tip ball. <laughs> I'm a baseball player, so I'm just <laughs> terrible with uh with basketball terminology. Tip ball. Tip, tip ball. Um and <laughs> and you are already seeing people's strategy. Like you're already learning the other team's strategy. You're gonna double team the big guy. You're gonna guard the perimeter. Up, oh, you're in zone. How, how is that? Was that sure? Pretty, is that pretty good? Yeah, that's all that's, it's all that's, that's it's all good. good. Uh, go, go Tar Heels. So anyway, the enemy, whatever your weakest point is, boom, right out of the gate, that's where he's going. That's the first place. He, the enemy comes in. It, it you know, it tells us Jesus is hungry, 40 days, 40 nights of fasting. Very first thing, let's go at the weakest point. Yeah, I mean, we see that Satan's temptations are strategic. Like he's not just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what yeah, sticks like he he is yeah right he, he is specifically targeting a specific area to try to slip you up and in this case like and knowing that jesus was fully human like even the sound of bread and this in this moment like probably caused this desire for food right and knowing that he had just come off of this fast so so it's all strategic like satan had a plan here yeah yeah for sure well and as we see jesus is one for one he just immediately reminds 
Satan of what is written, that man cannot live by bread alone. Now, I have celiac disease, and I can't eat bread. So I really resonate with this wow. passage. This passage really hits me at my core, uh, mostly in my bowels. This this scripture really hits me in my bowels, <laughs> that man shall not live by bread alone, but instead gluten-free bread. No, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And that, as we follow along with Jesus, I think what we're going to learn is that every word that comes out of his mouth needs to be dissected. Like every word that we hear him speak, everything that he says, his especially his responses to, you know, controversy or like this moment, it's like right out of the gate, boom, he's baptized. Okay, let's go. Now we have a conversation with Satan. But every word he says is so important. And he is saying right here that every word that comes from the mouth of God, that's what you live by. It's not by... Mm what we can give ourselves, not take the bread and food and all that out of it. Take the fact that he's hungry, take, you know, nutrition. Right. And like, even when we fast, like the focus shouldn't be on food. <laughs> That's the point of the fast is that you remove all that and focus on the Lord. And I was told in fasting that every time you feel a hunger pain or every time you feel the temptation to want to go like grab something to eat real quick, just pray, just say a prayer. You run out of things to pray about. You, you should have things to pray about all day long. Yeah. And coming off of the fast here, like you see, Jesus is probably super focused in on, now obviously he's Jesus, but if you just think in terms like, I, I remember when I fasted, you become hyper aware of like every time you're hungry. Right. And so, but what happens is you end up having, like you said, focus, you become dialed in and focused on, okay, why am I doing this? Well, I'm doing this to grow nearer to the spirit, closer to God. And so in this moment, when Satan is tempting him, Jesus doesn't hesitate but to go to scripture. He's he's probably right. feeling very close to God in this moment, very spiritual in the sense that he just went through this fast where he's now hyper aware of everything, you know, that Satan's trying to do. And so it, it's interesting to see that, okay, well, it's important for us clearly to know what God's word says, because yeah. Jesus isn't making some excuses to why he's denying this temptation no he just literally says well no it is written this yeah that's a good point to to you know we we will always say for refuge retreat stuff and in your disciple making and if you are a brand new follower of jesus and then you hear someone like myself who i say this all the time but you'll hear someone like us at refuge retreat say okay now go make disciples your immediate thought is i i can't do that I don't know enough. I don't, what do I say? And so you, you'll never hear us say, you must memorize scripture in order to go make disciples. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, as a follower of Jesus and as someone who is called and commanded to make disciples, that is our, that's our guide. That, that's the book. Like that's our, our game plan. That's the strategy points. That's where we go for, you know, a lot of times scripture is called the sword, man. That's the thing that we're going to use. Yeah in our fight. disciple making to fight and uh yeah it's that it's immediately the first thing that jesus brings out and before we even see the next temptation we learn something else because verse five says then the devil took him to the holy city so when the enemy hits you at your weakest point which he's going to do first if you are guarded and if you're ready and if you know that and let's say you're even strong enough in your walk with jesus that you're like Come on, Satan. That's too easy. Like, I knew you were going to mm -hmm. get there. Like, we've, you know, been there, done that. I'm good. 
the next thing you know, he's not giving up. He is not, he's not backing down. That's not, he's going to take the, you know, the first one and then he's going to keep on going. And so even with Jesus, it says that the devil then was like, all right, well, let's go take a little trip to the Holy city. He set him on the pinnacle of the temple. Now, what does all this look like? I have, I have no idea. <laughs> There's some things going on in the heavenly realms that we just don't know what's going on. But uh, it says that he took him to the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God. And so here's like, all right, prove yourself, then throw yourself down. And then Satan turns scripture on him and says, you know, scripture, I know scripture. Uh, your enemy is very crafty and wise and smart and knows knows scripture. Um, no. So you have to know that and be ready for it. So if you are the son of God, then throw yourself down because it's written and he's quote scripture. He will command his yeah. angels concerning you. I don't know. I just, I think, yes, we are learning about Jesus. We're modeling ourselves after Jesus, but it's important for us to also learn the character of our enemy. And think about this in this temptation here, like Satan is actually tempting Jesus to have faith in a sense, right? He's trying to manipulate it here. Right. Like he's saying, throw yourself off of this tower and your angels will, will catch you. Right. So he's like, Oh, well, well show me your faith. Like he's asking, it's almost a call of faith. Like show me your faith, yeah. Jesus. If you jump off of this, that your angels are going to catch you. And so instead of Jesus going to the cross and dying for our sins and, you know, giving us eternal life through that sacrifice, Satan is saying, well, in front of this whole city, jump off this tower and th that'll be, that'll be all they need. Then they will know that you are God. Then they will know that. So, and it, it's the same thing when Satan tempted Eve in the garden, hmm. like he said, eat of this fruit and you will have, you know, all wisdom and not, you know, all knowledge like God, right. like you will, you'll basically, you will be more like God if you do this. And so he's manipulating what we see as being an act of faith, but really what he's trying to get you to do is turn against God. Yeah. Isn't that crazy that in the in the moments where, yes, you're weak, and then he threw the whole like, well, let me be the provision for you. And, you know, let me hit at your weakness. And then it's like, you're still weak. And most likely, you are not going to be capable of taking a step of faith right now. This temptation feels really large, like it feels huge, you know, the pinnacle of the temple. And you're right, I feel like it's like, hey, show everyone what you can do. But I often feel like in our life, this temptation is such a whisper it's like hey you can do this just go you know it's almost like the little exactly. alien pops up on the shoulder it's like hey you got yeah, this no. you got this you just made you just had a your first salary you just made thirty thousand dollars in a year you got it baby <laughs> go for it you know and I, I feel like it's just that little nudge of like go then you go i don't even need to pray about it i'm in uh, and I don't know, it, it's one of those deals and we can't really get into the whole, oh, how do I know if I'm taking a step of faith and how do I know? Yeah, I'm right. sure that will come up later, uh, because that's such a huge part. Faith is such a huge part of Jesus's ministry and making disciples and all that. But I just feel like in this temptation, often in our lives, it's a, it's kind of a whisper of like, just go. And it's really almost pushing at our pride. Like you're either going to be prideful and do it and fail big time. Cause if you're prideful and you're functioning in your pride, it's only a matter of time before that's crashing or stand true. And like Jesus, his response, he just, he stays true to what he knows his strategy is, which is to again, quote what is written. So he says, it's written. Yeah. Don't put the Lord your God to test. He, he, I feel like he said that with a little bit of a, a little bit of a, you know, 
little bit more hair on that one. You know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> let me just don't put the Lord your God to death. Um, again, and so then obviously Satan's still not giving up on you. There's always moments in your life where you're not going to be like, beat that temptation. Now I'm good. Now I'm living <laughs> temptation free. Uh, it's always going to happen. But then the last one here is that the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all they can. Here comes the power buildup. Okay. Yes. You've proven yourself. You're good. Now here's the power. You know, you, you can, you got this, look at all this stuff. And this one, I'm going to ask you something, Joe, after this, because this one kind of, yeah. when I first read it and the more that I read this and, and all, it can get kind of like, huh? But it says that, the enemy said to him, look at all this, you know, all the kingdoms of the world, all their glory. And he said to them, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said to him, be gone. And I feel like it was like swatting a fly. He was like, all right, get out of here. Hey, I know. To me, it's like it doesn't it doesn't even belong to him. How is how can he even make an offer to Jesus when Jesus is the one that actually has it? So to me, I, when I first read this, I'm like, yeah. that's just dumb like come on yeah i mean kind of just going back a little bit we know the origin of satan was that he was with god right and then he basically became jealous of god wanted to be like god and god casted him out of heaven right out of heaven and and basically landed on earth like okay this is a place this is yours like you can be the prince of this place like this so really earth right now is is satan's playground until jesus comes back again like he almost does have a little bit like uh, uh, we know that God rules the world and the universe and heavens and things that we can't even comprehend, but this is the place that God has given Satan some domain. And so there is a sense of like, he has this, like he can give you, he can give you this, you know? And, And what's interesting is like, Jesus doesn't say that Satan can't do that. Like, it definitely raises that question, you know, kind right. of what you say, like, huh, like, what does this mean? Because right, right. Satan didn't didn't necessarily deny that that Satan had that power to do that. Yeah. Um, instead, he just said, "Be gone." <laughs> well, that sound means it's time to hear from one of our podcast sponsors. Our podcast today is sponsored by Garden City Chapel and Retreat. If you know me, you know that this place is very special to me. I worked there for four summers. I met my wife there. Y'all, it's an amazing place. It's right across the street from the ocean, just south of Myrtle Beach. Um, It's a place where groups come and they do their own camp, but you kind of work behind the scenes as a summer staffer and make the summer camp function just all year long. You do different things from building maintenance, housekeeping, snack bar pool. I can fix mostly anything in my house because I worked at Garden City <laughs> Chapel. Uh, you just, you learn so much. But what's awesome about it too is that it's all of that, but it's a Christ-centered beach retreat. So you're working on the beach and it's all focused around the good news of Jesus Christ. And so if you want a great summer job, if you want to potentially meet your wife, guys, come on. Go work at Garden City Chapel and Retreat. Awesome place to work over the summer. Okay, so before we close out the last part, because I think the last part, the last verse, verse 11, Matthew four eleven, is, to me, I just think it's really cool. But the question that pops up when I read this too is, why Why did Jesus even entertain it? If we see in verse you know 10, Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan. And then he was gone. So why didn't he just do that at the beginning? Fasted 40 days, 40 nights, mm-hmm. you know, and then it says he was led up by the spirit into the wilderness. So he goes out into the wilderness. When Satan even shows up, why didn't he just squish it right there and be like, done? You know, 
it's hard to like the, the flip side of all of that is okay well jesus is incapable of sin like we know that it's impossible for him to sin he does not have the seed of sin in him and so yes we see you know we read the story of him being tempted by satan but he kind of also has like a like a shield around him a little, or you know he, he yeah. kind of it's an unfair advantage a little bit against right, Satan because right. he's incapable of sinning like so if we look back at the story and we say oh yeah like jesus is showing us how to respond against temptation well like we're born with sin and we will forever be sinful until jesus comes back and makes us pure so it's almost like okay like this is great you know this is great that jesus did this and showed us that he was tempted too but like i'm being tempted and actually can sin <laughs> so how do you yeah. how do you manage that like how do you how do you answer that question of okay jesus this is great that he's showing us this but like you can't even sin but i i can so how do i do this as a sinner it's a mind-boggling thing for us i think as christians because we want jesus to be we want him to come in to i think i said it last episode like thor with a hammer we want him to come in just like take over i'm superpower you know and like and yeah, he's, he is doing miracles. So like, amazing. But yeah. if he is showing us that by being truly man, it means that the things that he did while he was on earth, we have the capability of doing those things, mm. defeating the enemy, you know, praying over people and healing them. Like all the miracles that he did, I would, why, why should we be exempt from anything that he did? Yes, he was Jesus, but he came to earth to be fully man. And then when he leaves, he says, I'm giving you something better. It's the spirit. So if right. that's the case, is this saying that if we're functioning in the spirit and we feel called to that, like, I think it's a, you have to be super, you know, in tune with the Holy spirit, obviously, yeah. but it's this great, it's like the great dichotomy. We disconnect Jesus being man and Jesus being God. And when he's here on earth, we just want him to be God and he's man. So you're saying like, this is almost a point where it's like, Okay, he's he is man in this moment, like denying Satan these temptations from his man state. So we can do the same. Or am I misinterpreting that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and the passage says that the spirit is the one that led him into the wilderness. Being led into the wilderness means Jesus was directed to like where to go. Right. He did follow. He could have he could have gone, no, I'm not going out there. I know what the conversation is going to be. I'm not putting up with that. So there's just so much purpose in it. Yeah. Well, like I said, the closing verse, which is so cool, it just says the devil left him mostly because Jesus said, be gone. And then Mm -hmm. angels came and were ministering to him. And I just think that's the coolest thing. You know, did Jesus need that? I think the answer is yes. Like, I think in that moment, like he, he knows the value and importance of in your walk, in your fight against the enemy, in your disciple making. This is another verse that just proves you can't do it by yourself. You were not intended to do it alone. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening to the Refuge Podcast. We hope that the conversation was encouraging and helps you in your disciple making journey. Tune in next week. And until then, like and share the podcast and we will catch you guys next time.